the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weeknight at this time on KKLA to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. Sharing the gospel is our number one goal and the reason we are here. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, located right here in Los Angeles. During these days of uncertainty, we believe this is the perfect time to turn off what the world wants to tell us and immerse ourselves in what God has to say to us through the Holy Bible. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us tonight. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. The first point is what we call true love. Verse 1 says, be imitators of who? The person you should be looking at, studying, trying to mimic, is God. And so we're told here to be imitators of God. We should, we should love the way God loves. Therefore, as dearly loved children, that's you, you're not just loved, you're dearly loved. There's a God in the heavens, the creator God of this universe, who is a God of love, who dearly loves you. And he sees you as his son or his daughter. Verse 2, and live a life of love. Not just a moment of love, not just a kind deed once a month. Spend the rest of your days on this earth living a life of love. Just as, and this is an, an illustration, they want, what he wants is for us to love just as, here's the illustration, you should be loving just as Christ loved us. So not only is God love, not only does he love us, but Jesus loves us. And it explains the extent to how much Jesus loves us when it says that he gave himself up. He laid down his life for us. That's how much he loves you. And it has this phrase as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And before we leave this point, I'm going to come back to that word fragrant. But we are to love the way Jesus loved. He gave himself up for us. That word in this text for love is the word agape. And agape is a word in the Greek that means unconditional. Agape love. When it says that he loved us and it says that we are to love in the Greek, it's the word agape. This is not based on merit. It's not based on attractiveness. It's not based on someone's response to something we did for them. It is unmerited love, a selfless love. I want you to write this down. The word agape means, it means to give. It is giving. 
It is not getting. Love is giving unconditionally. And I want to give some marriage advice to those of you that are single or those of you that have been married one year or two years or three years or four. The romantic, emotional, lovey-dovey feelings. There is an ebb and a flow to that in marriage. Sometimes it might even actually disappear for a while. But I want you to know that loss of romantic, emotional, lovey-dovey feelings is not an excuse to dissolve a marriage. Because the love that the Lord has called us to have and to share is agape love, unconditional love. And couples who separate, couples who divorce, couples who call it quits, have never ever figured out what it means to truly love. I'm convinced if you truly love someone unconditionally and you honor that person day in and day out, eventually those feelings ebb and flow, they will return. But whether they return or not has no bearing on the call of God upon your life to serve and to honor that person regardless of how you feel. Couples who've been married 30, 40, 50, and even 60 years, the only way you can be married that long is to learn the secret uh, to love unconditionally regardless of how you feel. You made a commitment that I'm going to serve you and love you uh, for better or for, for richer or for in sickness and in health till death do us part. Jesus laid down his life when we were yet sinners. You wouldn't even know what love was if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. Did you know that? Bible says this, put this on the screen, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. This is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Go back to your text. Be imitators of God. God is love. You're dearly loved children. You're loved. So why don't you live a life of love? just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. And this is a fragrant, a fragrant offering. Back in the Old Testament, in Leviticus chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, there were five types of offerings that the people were commanded to give. They were commanded to provide a burnt offering, a meal offering, a peace offering, a sin offering, and a trespass offering. First five chapters of Leviticus, five different offerings. And every time when they made these sacrifices, if you go back, I gave you the references, eight times in the first three chapters of Leviticus, you find these words. As they made the sacrifice, the Bible says it went up as an aroma, pleasing to the Lord. And that's the same thing it's talking about here in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, that when Jesus laid down his life for us, practice unconditional love, that was a fragrant offering. What does that mean? Write this down. It means it was acceptable to God. That God accepted that sacrifice. That it was pleasing to God. And when you realize that God is love and you're loved by him and you're children of God, and he's called you to live a life of love, agape love, and when you love others unconditionally, you love your spouse unconditionally, when you love your husband unconditionally, when you love your wife 
unconditionally and you love your children unconditionally and you love your next door neighbor unconditionally and you love your enemies unconditionally that goes up as a fragrant aroma to God it's the same thing when you walk into your mama's house and she's baking a homemade apple pie and as soon as you open the door and you walk in and you smell that home-baked apple pie When you love someone unconditionally, that goes up as an aroma, fragrant aroma to Almighty God. Amen? That's true love. And if there's such a thing as true love, write this down, number two, there's such a thing as false love. If there's such a thing as true love, there's such a thing as false love. He says in verse three, now watch this, among you there must not be even a hint. There should not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of greed. They are improper. A hint is improper for God's holy people. He goes on to say in verse 5, for of this you can be sure that no immoral, no impure, no greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. I want you to get on board a little drone. Just climb right onto the drone. I want you to go up a 1,000 feet up, and I want you to look down at this verse. I want to remind you what I told you two months ago when we started this and give you just a bit of background. This was written in the year 63 A.D., 61, 62 A.D., about 30 years after the time of Christ. It was written to Christians who lived in a city of Ephesus, Ephesus at the time was the fourth largest city in the entire world. Just so you know, the city of Los Angeles today is the 14th largest city in the entire world. There are 13 cities in the world today bigger than Los Angeles, and we think the whole world revolves around L.A. No, we're only 14 on the list. Ephesus was the fourth largest city in the world. And when we started two months ago, I showed you two pictures. One was this picture. It was a theater that exists. It's still there. It seats 25,000 people. If you go with us on our journey on the footsteps of Paul, we go inside there because the Apostle Paul, who wrote these words, he walked inside that, that theater and he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's still in existence. Ephesus is in the southwest corner of modern-day Turkey. The second picture I showed you was this picture. The Temple of Diana, the Temple of Artemis, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was the length of one and a half football fields. It's 450 feet long. It has 127 60-foot tall marble pillars. This was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Some people believe that it was the largest building in existence at the time. And there's two things I want you to write down about this building in your notes. Number one, it stood for 600 years. It stood for 600 years it existed. The second thing I want you to write down is it stood for sexual immorality. Their worship, you came to Shepherd today. For their worship, they went to that building, and inside that building were prostitutes, and they engaged in the sin of prostitution. And in so doing, when they engaged, they were being connected in their minds to the, to the goddess of Diana, and they were promised one year of blessing over their life if they worshiped in that manner. 
No wonder when Paul's writing this, he says to the Christians who live there, forget about going to the temple. There shouldn't even be a hint of sexual immorality or greed in your life. Why? Because it's impure. It's not proper for God's holy people. That's why. We as Christians are to be, are to be different than the rest of the people in the world. There's three things that he's trying to get to. The first thing he's trying to get to here is just called prevention. Why would you ever say, don't let there even be an in, uh, a hint? Why would he say not a hint? Well, because he knows if you get up to the edge, you might actually fall off the cliff. So part of it is prevention. Stay away from it. If you, if, you, if you don't even have a little bit, you don't have to worry about throwing your life away one day. The second thing he's worried about is purity. Why would he say you shouldn't even have a hint? Because he knows that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this last week as we closed, that God's Spirit is holy. We shouldn't do anything in our lives that would degrade or ruin the purity of God's Holy Spirit. Paul says there shouldn't even be a hint. But the third thing that he's reaching for here is, write this down, he's concerned about your personal testimony. What he's saying is how are you going to witness to people? How are you going to reach people going inside the temple, committing sexual uh, acts of sexual immorality if you have sexual immorality in your life? Well, you've got nothing to say to that person. He's concerned about our testimony. There should not even be a hint. That pretty much locks out pornography, wouldn't you say? Don't you think pornography would be more than a hint? Don't you think that uh, going to a club would be more than a hint? Well, I'm just in there to have a good time. No, you might be going in there to have a good time, but everyone else is going to that club for immoral reasons. Not me. Oh, yes, you too. I mean, you're not in there handing out Bible tracts, are you? <laughs> you ever seen anybody handing out Bible tracts inside a club? I don't think so. I, I think you're going there for the same reason everybody else is going inside there, basically to, to get in trouble. I guess that pretty much excludes Showtime, HBO, and Cinemax. That'd be more than a hint, I would guess. I guess that pretty much excludes the book, Fifty Shades of Grey. That'd be more than a hint. Even if they wrote a book called 40 Shades of Grey or 25 Shades of Grey or 10, if they come out with a book called Two Shades of Grey, that would be more than a hint. Say, well, can I do what makes me happy? No, the purpose of your life is not the pursuit of happiness. The purpose of your life is the pursuit of holiness. Write this down. God has called you to be holy. He's not called you to be happy. He's called us as Christians. These are improper for God's holy people. You see, whenever God establishes true love, unconditional love, agape love, Satan invents counterfeit love, love that's based on the physical, love that leads to immorality. God's love is unconditional. The world's love is conditional. God's love is pure. The world's love is impure. God's love is unselfish. The world's view is selfish. And then we come to the third point, uh, true love, false love. Number three, oh, get this, Savior love. 
I want to ask, I want you to answer, who is your Savior? Who is your Savior? One more time, I can't hear you. Who is your Savior? Look at verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Look at verse 10. Find out what pleases the Lord. You should only have one goal here on this earth. Write this down. That's to find out and to do whatever it is that pleases the Lord. Some of you are so, well, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I, well, listen, you're in, figure out, does, will, will this please the Lord? And if it pleases the Lord, you ought to be doing those things. And if it doesn't please the Lord, you shouldn't be doing them. Why would I please the Lord? Because you should love the Lord. Don't you want to please the one you love? Verse 16 says, make the most of every opportunity. That means time is short because the days are evil. Verse 17, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. All this is talking about, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, we only have so much time left. There isn't much time left. You only have so much time. And he says, make the most of every opportunity. You don't have, you don't have, uh, uh, you can't waste five of your 10 opportunities to witness to somebody. You've only got so many opportunities to witness to your neighbor, to your friend, to the, the one you say that you love. Make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are full of evil. Don't you think if you lived back in Paul's day and part of the worship, you're trying to win people to Christ and they keep walking up into the temple and they keep uh, joining with the prostitutes up inside the temple of Diana, one of the seven ancient wonders of the world, the whole world is coming to your city just to go visit the prostitutes inside the temple. And Paul is saying, hey, as a Christian, he's trying to get a church started. He's trying to get people to actually share the love of Christ and be the light of God. And he says, hey, there shouldn't even be a hint, not even a hint of sexual immorality in your life. We are called to be different. Why? Make the most of every opportunity. The days are full of evil. Don't you see that the same thing that he said to the church at Ephesus, he could say the same thing to us here today of us who live here in the city of Los Angeles. Find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what his will is. We know that light dispels darkness. Be that light. That's how we're going to change the world. We're not going to change the world through politics. We're not going to change the world through our government. We're not going to change the world through social engineering. We change the world when we as Christians live changed lives. Jesus lives in us. His light shines through us. People see his light and they give themselves to Christ. If you confess his name before man, he will confess your name before the heavenly father. He's the only one that I know that can change your life and restore your family and reach your children and save your marriage and reach your school and change your city and save your nation. Trust in him, love him, put your faith in him. He alone is the answer to all of our problems. Amen, 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 amen. Now, as we close, as we close, I want to read a couple of verses to you, okay? I want you to go look at verse 18. I want to read the last couple of verses here. Verse 18, do not, everybody say do not, get drunk 
on wine, which leads to debauchery. Do not be controlled by anything in this world. Instead, be filled with the what? Now that spirit, you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It is God in spirit living inside your flesh. You got that? The moment you got saved, God put his spirit inside your flesh. It's inside of you. So there's a war all the time between the flesh and the spirit, but the spirit of God is in you. You got flesh, there it is, but you also have the spirit of God in you. And what it says is do not be drunk, do not get drunk on wine, instead be filled with God's spirit. I want you to write this down. All that means, I've studied this, all it means is give me more of Jesus. He doesn't come in parts or sections, so don't be confused by that statement. But he's in there, but the problem is he's being suppressed by the things of the world. And what this text is saying, forget about the things of this world and just understand the Spirit of God is in you and be filled with God's Spirit. Give me more, Jesus. You, you, don't, you don't need drugs. You don't need drugs. You don't need alcohol. You don't need it. You don't need fame. You don't need popularity. You don't need sex. You don't need shopping. You don't need Starbucks. You don't need sports. You need Jesus is what you need. You need Jesus. Be filled. Be filled with Jesus. And two things will happen. It just happens. It's like when you get filled with Jesus, two things happen. You don't even have to try. Worship and thanksgiving. Look what it says. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, verse 19. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Verse 20, always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You get filled with Jesus, your hands just go up. Filled with Jesus, the hands go up. And you're either doing one or two things. You're either worshiping God or you're saying, thank you, God. Worship, I'm either worshiping or I'm thanking him. Because he becomes the Lord, the King, and the ruler of your life. If you were moved by Pastor Dudley's message tonight, we want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready to pray with you right now. Our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We are ready for any prayer requests or needs you may have. Ephesians 6 reminds us of the many gifts we have been given by God. And prayer is one of the greatest assets we have as Christians to fend off any attack by the enemy. So please don't hesitate to call us if you are alone and need to pray with someone right now. We also want you to know that Pastor Dudley Rutherford has a monthly devotional that he'd like to share with you. You can easily sign up to receive this devotional by simply going to our website, liftupjesus.com, and clicking on a link at the top of the page that says monthly devotional. 
there is a place on the monthly devotional page where you can enter your name and email address and begin receiving Pastor Dudley's monthly devotions on a regular basis. It's that simple. This is just one of the many resources we offer on our website, liftupjesus.com. That website again is liftupjesus.com. We have some exciting news for all our listeners. If our nightly broadcasts have been a blessing to you, you'll be happy to know that a special one-hour edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley will be presented this coming Sunday, May 3rd, at 6 p.m. here on KKLA. Join us for a full hour of live music from our Shepherd Worship Team, plus a timely and inspirational message from Pastor Dudley Rutherford. Be sure to tell all your friends and family to join us this coming Sunday, May 3rd, at 6 p.m. for a special one-hour edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley right here on KKLA. I'm Kyle Welch, hoping you'll join us again tomorrow night at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley